I've been producing for the birds since 1986. That's almost four decades now. And year after year, I've been heartbroken all over again about the same things hurting birds. From the start, I've emphasized how critical it is for hunters to switch from lead to non-toxic ammo. The battle to force waterfowl hunters to make the switch was fought long and hard, long before For the Birds began. And despite how hard many hunters and the NRA fought a ban on lead shot, we were ultimately successful. Starting with the 1987-88 hunting season, the ban on the use of lead shot for hunting waterfowl was phased in, becoming nationwide in 1990. Yet many hunters, and of course the NRA, are to this day demanding that the ban never be extended to upland birds nor to any other form of hunting, despite the well-established facts that many birds pick up spent lead pellets on the ground, that the gut piles left by deer hunters are ridden with lead that poisons bald eagles and other scavengers, and that a great many hunters and their families also ingest dangerous amounts of lead particles. In divisive times, an us-versus-them mentality can cause people to act against their own self-interest just to make a political point. So every year I get heartbreaking news releases from rehab centers treating yet more eagles, like a distressing photo of a dying eagle posted this Monday on Facebook from Humane, Indiana. Minnesota's Raptor Center and Wisconsin's Raptor Education Group receive a disturbing number of birds suffering from lead poisoning every year, numbers spiking in the aftermath of deer season. Many state DNRs provide all kinds of hunter education about the issue, including solid information about how the meat from deer can be contaminated by microscopic lead particles, the tiny size increasing their uptake into the bloodstream. Many hunters have taken this to heart, but a great many still defend their use of lead. They may cut away the area around the entry wound, but refuse to acknowledge how many microscopic fragments of lead end up several inches from what remains of the bullet. As long as the NRA gets huge contributions with their scare tactics about Second Amendment rights, we'll continue to see dead and dying bald eagles every year, even as many thousands of smaller, less conspicuous birds continue to die out of sight. We had a huge great gray owl invasion in the winter of 2004 to 2005. I didn't write much then about baiting owls, that is, setting out live rodents or pulling fake ones on a fishing line to draw the owls closer, a practice that really wasn't on my radar yet. But in subsequent years, I learned more and more about people tossing out mice and gerbils. 
This is exceptionally dangerous for the baited owls, so I wrote a long, nuanced blog post and some radio programs about the practice in 2014. Yet discouragingly, despite strong admonishments about how dangerous and unethical this practice is from such knowledgeable people and organizations as the Raptor Center, the Owl Foundation, the Raptor Education Group, and Project Snowstorm, many unethical photographers continue to do this. I had reports just this January about one unethical birder luring a northern shrike closer with a white mouse. I had gerbils, hamsters, and white mice as a child, so the cruelty of baiting for the rodent as well as the owl distresses me. But I guess in a country where there isn't a huge outcry about the Texas National Guard blocking Border Patrol agents from rescuing a drowning mother and her small children, there certainly won't be an outcry over someone throwing a mouse on the snow and when the Shrike misses, grabbing the mouse and tossing it back into a cage to endure the same treatment again and maybe again. But you'd think with all the information we have about how dangerous baiting is for the owl itself, that the practice would disappear. Sadly, you'd be wrong. I'm Laura Erickson, speaking for the birds.